Hey, welcome to the Cornerstone Church Podcast, one of the many places that we love to declare Jesus. We see you and your life living a life of resilient faith for all of your days, and we believe that listening to this message is going to be part of strengthening your faith journey. Enjoy the message. I want to talk to you today from this thought that you're on the list. You can say to someone close to you, tell them you are on the list. If you're in the chat, you can put it in the chat while everyone in, their, in the room turns to their second favorite person on the other side of them and tells the person that they didn't choose the first time, you are also on the list. I don't know if you have ever had the experience of finding yourself in a place or a space or a table where you look around and you think to yourself, how on earth did I get here? How did I possibly get into this room? How did I possibly get at this table? What is it? They tell us it's called imposter syndrome that we find ourselves in this feeling of everyone else should be in this room and everyone else here knows what they're doing and everyone else knew what to do with all of the things on their way in, but no one knows that I shouldn't actually be here. We tend to feel like we are an imposter, that if they really saw who I was and they really knew how ill-equipped I was for this place and for this moment, then no one would actually let me into this room and certainly they would not have let me come sit at this table. And we all tend to deal with this feeling that everyone else has it worked out and everyone else deserves to be here, but if they really knew who I was, You've experienced this feeling. I experience this feeling on a regular basis. Every weekend on a Sunday around 10 a.m., there's a part of me that experiences a feeling of how did I get here and who let me up here? And someday they might all find out that I'm not sure I actually know what I'm doing in this space. But there are some times that it's not imposter syndrome. You genuinely end up in a space and you genuinely end up in a room that you think and you look and you go, there is no reason I should be in this place. I'll tell you a story. When I was, uh, this is several years ago, I was in my early 20s, and I went off to a conference. Actually, this wonderful church sent a few of us young leaders to a young leaders conference. And after that conference was finished and we were still out of town in the city, I got an invitation to come and sit with a really prominent church leader and to be part of like an after dinner that they were doing. I was out somewhere else, and this person calls someone else. It, it, I need to tell you who it was, because I was going to try, because I don't like name dropping, because that's lame, but I need you to understand the level of I don't deserve to be in this room who invited me here. So I was at an event for a conference that Bishop Jakes was hosting for young leaders, and the event was over, and then someone got a call from his office that he wanted us to come to a dinner with him with like 15 other people, and they said, can you come and have dinner with Bishop Jakes after this event? And I was like, I don't think that they heard who else was in the room. I'm sure that they didn't mean to invite me to that dinner. And they said, no, no, no. They said who all was on the list, and can you please come to the dinner? And so I 
girded myself and I made my way to the dinner and we went to this beautiful place and as we were coming into the room they were double checking everyone who's coming in and I thought well this is the moment where, where they go who are you no ma'am you are not meant to be in this place right now and so sure enough I make my way up and I said oh my name is Meredith Ryburn and the guy goes oh yeah great come on and I was like my name's on your list and he was like, yes, ma'am, please find a seat. And if you could get it together, that would be great. <laughs> I'm happy to announce I held myself mostly together for most of the time. And I sat at a table and had an incredible dinner that impacted me for years to come. But I am under no illusion that there was any part of me that deserved to be in that room or that was at the same. I was in a room with leaders who were leading a church of of hundreds and thousands of people at the time and I was not he wasn't even in my scope that I would one day stand before this wonderful beautiful room of people I simply was invited into the room by someone else and I sat in a room at a table that I knew good and well there was no reason for me to be at that table can I just tell you that sometimes you're in a space that you feel like you don't deserve to be in and that you feel like isn't for you and it's that lie on the inside of you that is telling you that you're small and is that telling and is telling you that you're not worthy and we fight that lie with the truth of who God is and sometimes God just walks you into rooms and sits you at tables that you have no business being at, but he just decides it's time to walk you in that room and it's time to sit you at that table. And when he decides to open up that door for you, walk in and sit at the table that he has prepared for you. Just come into the place and be grateful for the gift. I believe that in this coming year, there are tables that you will sit at and doors that will be open for you, not because you so deserve it and not because you've worked so hard at it, because God simply said, I've decided that I want you at this table. So there I sat at a table that I had no idea how I got to, but it happened that my name was on the list. Do you know God is making lists of who he's inviting to his table? I want to look at a parable that Jesus told people from the book of Luke. And the book of Luke, chapter 14, we'll see our parable. All of Luke 14 is an incredible chapter to look at all of the book of luke is an incredible book to look at all of the gospels are incredible books to read all of the bible is an incredible book for you to (laughs) dig into but today we're going to zoom in on luke 14 starting in verse 15 And Jesus has just been talking. He's at a dinner with people, most likely a Sabbath dinner at one of the Pharisees' house where he's been invited as the guest of honor. And they're having different conversations throughout the night. Verse 14, starting in 15, one of the Pharisees then says to him, and it says, when one of those who were reclined at the table with him heard these things, he said to him, blessed is everyone who will eat bread in the kingdom of God. 
Now, I don't want you to lose the undertone of what this gentleman is saying because Jesus has been telling them stories and parables and teachings about those who would come into the kingdom of God with him. And this man gives an assumptive bless for I surely am those who will sit at the... Isn't it great that we are here together? Isn't it nice to be amongst the in crowd that gets to eat at the table? There's a little bit of an undertone to what the gentleman is saying, and Jesus doesn't always like an undertone, and he doesn't generally respond to them with joy and gladness. And it says, but he said to him, meaning Jesus, a man once gave a great banquet and invited many. And at the time for the banquet, he sent his servant to say to those who had been invited, come, for everything is now ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said to him, I have bought a field and I must go and see about it. Please have me excused. And another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen, and I will go to examine them. Please have me excused. And another said, I have married a wife, and therefore I cannot come. He is straight out the gate blaming his wife for things. This is not a recipe for marital joy. So the servant came and reported these things to his master. And then the master of the house became angry. And he said to the servant, go out quickly into the streets and the lanes of the city and bring in the poor and the crippled and the blind and the lame. And the servant said, sir, I've done what you have commanded. And still there is room. And so the master said to the servant, then go out to the highways and the hedges and compel people to come into my house that it may be filled. For I tell you, none of these men who were invited shall taste my banquet. What is going on in this story that Jesus is telling? The first thing that I think it's important for us to understand is that parties and banquets and feasts of the time operated slightly differently in terms of their invitation protocol than our forms of invitation happen today. If you send an invitation to someone for a party, it probably sounds something like, hey, the Super Bowl is happening later this afternoon at what time? Six? 6.30. The Super Bowl is happening later this afternoon at 6.30. I'm having a Super Bowl party. I would love for you to be part of it on Sunday. Show up at my house at 6 p.m. And then the other person would say back to you, I would love to do that. I'll see you Sunday at 6 p.m. at your house. That is not the way that banquets of the time happened because time and measurements of time and the flow of the week was all very different. So there would be a first invitation And the first invitation would be something like you're invited to the banquet and the feast. It's going to happen in a couple of days. And then that person would say, I would love to be part of that banquet or feast. Count me in. I am now on the list. And then the team and the house of the great place where the feast was being prepared would go to work preparing the feast and the banquet because they are not calling Uber Eats to deliver the food 10 minutes before you arrive. They are making it. They are going and 
killing the fatted calf. They are kneading the bread. They are squishing the wine with their hands. This is a multi-day process in preparing a meal for you to come and be part of. And so when all of those preparations were done and the tables were set and the food was ready, the servant would go out for the second invitation. And the second invitation was an announcement that the party is now ready and you can now come. And this is the invitation that the servant in Jesus' story is going to announce. These people have already told the master of the feast, presumably, that they are invited and that they are coming to the great banquet. Yet, when he goes back for a second time, they have changed their minds. The first group of people are those who are always invited to the banquets. They see themselves on the list of people who would regularly come and be part of those who are invited to the banquet. Yet when the servant comes back, they have excuse on excuse on excuse as to why it is that they can no longer come to the banquet. In the time between when the first invitation came and when the second invitation came, which generally would be less than a week, maybe two, they have gone and gotten involved in all kinds of excuses and reasons why now they can't come back they have given excuses about their busyness and they have given excuses about all of the other priorities in their life they have placed other things as a higher value than coming to the feast and the banquet that has been prepared for them Now, I want to be abundantly clear that in this story, it is one of the parables of Jesus. It is a story he is telling with the intent of making a point. So this is not an actual feast, and it's not even just about how rude it is to decline an invitation that you have already RSVP'd to, although that would be true as well. It is more a statement about the kingdom of heaven and Jesus trying to give them a picture of what it is to be part of the kingdom of heaven and though he uses many images and though he uses many pictures to say I'm trying to get you to see what the kingdom of heaven is like and sometimes he talks about it like a field and sometimes he talks about it like a father waiting time and time again he describes the kingdom of heaven like a great banquet that has been prepared like a great feast that has been prepared like a great party that is getting ready and he is going out out and inviting these people to come and be part of this party that he has prepared for them. But this crew is used to being invited to the party. This crew comes up with excuses why this time they don't want to be part of the party and why this time they have found other distractions in their life and other things that they have put in front and their attention has gotten on the work that they're doing and their attention has gotten on the home that they're building and their attention has gotten on the family that they're curating and their attention has gotten off of the great banquet that is being prepared for them. This group has gotten casual with the invitation that has been made to them. 
This is a group of people that see themselves as part of those who, of course, will be invited to the great banquet. They know that their names are on the list. They are not dealing with imposter syndrome as to whether or not they should be in this room. In fact, they are vying over seats and places because they know that this is a space. And they've been invited to so many parties before. And they've come out to so many events before and they've attended so many services in their life and they've come to so many prayer meetings before and they have become casual with it because they think well there will be another invitation somewhere down the line there'll be another banquet for me to come sit with somewhere down the line there'll be another opportunity for me to come and serve somebody somewhere down the line this is just another banquet that I go out and get to be part of. They don't recognize the value of being on the list of people who have been invited to come in and sit at the table. They don't recognize the value and the caliber of the master of this feast who has said, I desire for you to come and sit at my table. I left out part of the story that I told you earlier. Part of the part of the story that I told you earlier is that there were people in our group who shall, remain, who shall remain nameless for their innocence, who had already made other plans for their evening. And when we got a call that we were invited to come and to be part of this dinner, they said, I've already made other plans. I'd rather go and do my other plans. And I promise you, I promise you, they missed out on the value of what it is to be invited to a table like that. They missed out on the caliber of the person who was inviting them to come and sit at their table. Let me speak very plainly to you. We have a current cultural narrative where we like to proclaim that the message of Jesus is that there is no distinction among persons and that there is no difference in each and every one of us and that you inviting me to a party is the same as anyone else inviting me to a party and that is not clear that is not the message that Jesus taught them the message that Jesus taught them is that his love for each of us is unconditional that his love for each of us is without end that his love for each of us is stretched across the farthest depths and the highest heights that each and every person has intrinsic dignity and value in who they are but just verses before the ones that we read today he says to them if you go to a party don't sit yourself at the front of the table in case someone of greater honor than you comes to the party and they tell you go sit in a different seat Rather, it's better for you to sit yourself in the seat of lesser honor and wait for them to say, why don't you come sit up here? What is he saying? He is saying that there are people who have greater measure and there are people who have greater authority and there are people who have higher roles of honor and that we should recognize you are missing out on moments in your life because you are casual.
casually treating every room that you walk into like it's the same. And you are casually treating every person that you speak to like they are the same. Your boss is not your buddy that you grew up with in the neighborhood. Your leader is not your buddy that you grew up with in the neighborhood. Your government leaders, whether you agree with them or not, are not your buddy around the street from your neighborhood. There are roles that have greater honor, that have greater measures of authority, that have been given greater spaces of capacity, of influence. And if we do not learn how to respond accordingly, I promise you, I didn't know how I was getting home from the dinner. I rode there with a friend and they were like, how are you getting home? And I was like, honest to God, I will walk the entire Dallas-Fort Worth Metro place back to my hotel if that's what I have to do. Because I recognize that there is something valuable and important that is happening in this moment. And I'm not going to treat this moment casually like it's just you inviting me to go hang out at McDonald's if you happen to have time on a Tuesday afternoon. This is something of meaning. And when we treat things of meaning casually, we miss out on what's happening. And they treated it casually, like just anyone had invited them to just any old dinner. And it speaks to me of the entitlement that they had, that they believed that this banquet was for them. And they believed that there would be other banquets. And they believed that if they showed up whenever they wanted to, at any time they wanted, that the banquet would still be there for them and would still be prepared for them. But by the end of the parable, he says, I promise you, they have treated it casually. And they have not valued it. And they have thought that they deserve to be in there. And they will not taste a bite from this banquet for those of us who have found ourselves in the things of God for a long time. I hope that we carry with us a holy reverence that I will not treat his table casually and I will not approach the king of glory casually in just any old way and I will not sit back and think there's always going to be another time but I will grab on to the privilege and the honor that it is to be invited to his table. When he finds out what happens, his servant comes to him and he says to his servant, he says, well, then go out and get those who are blind and those who are begging and those who are lame and those who we wouldn't normally think to invite to the table. And I love the way the servant responds. The servant says to him, it's already done, which tells me that his servant understood his master's heart. He goes to him and he says, those people didn't come. And the master says, well, it's important to me that the, the, that, that the banquet is filled. It's important to me that we fill the space that we've prepared. It's important to me that people enjoy the table that has been set. And so go out and get those people who we wouldn't normally think to come and bring to the table. And the servant's response to him is, I've already done that. 
I knew when I came to you that you would care that the table was filled. And I knew when I came to you that it mattered to you how much time and effort has been put into preparing this. And I know that you don't like to see empty seats at your table. And I know that every time you see an empty chair, you'll think about someone who could have been in that seat instead. So I, I already went out and got those. Can I tell you that you are a church who already goes out to get those who nobody else is thinking about? That you are already a people who I think have captured the heart of God and say we're going after those who others have looked over we're going after those who it would be more convenient to just look and invite those who are always invited we're going after the inconvenient people and we're going after those who others are looking over and we're going after those who can never prepare a table for us in return and it's our honor and it's our privilege but we're coming and we're saying but but it's still not filled still not full there's still more room at his table there's still more seats that are empty there's still more people who haven't tasted of the great banquet to be in the kingdom of God and experience life everlasting with the king of kings who has prepared it for us there are still those who aren't at the table because he went from those who had been invited and so then he went into the city and he went into the streets around it and he said I went and I found those who we wouldn't normally invite and I brought them in and they were happy to receive the invitation. They were happy to find out that their names too were on the list. But it wouldn't have been uncommon for if a table wasn't all the way filled or if there was food left after a banquet for this group of people to be invited in while they were used to not being on the first list, they thought that sometimes maybe they might find themselves on the second list and so they were eager to come in when they found out they were invited. All somebody needs is to find out that they're invited. All somebody needs is for you to say to them, oh, you're welcome at this table as well. Oh, I know that a lot of society has told you that you're not welcome here. And I know that a lot of society looks over you. And I know that you don't have all of the things that it looks like you need to have to get on the list. But the fact of the matter is that you are also invited. And they responded with gladness and found themselves in at the table. A couple of months back, Phil was talking with someone who was doing some work out um, on the building on the outside of the building and so he's chatting with the young man and he said so what do you guys do here and he's explaining to him well it's a church and my husband or my wife and I are the pastors here and you know this that's what we do here and he says oh so it's like like a church where people come and he said yeah we have you know we have services every Sunday at 10 a.m. and the guy says back to him so just anybody can come here and Phil said yeah we have open services just anybody can come here and he goes like, my girlfriend and I could come here? We were like, absolutely, man. Any Sunday, 10 a.m., come on in. You're welcome here. And he said, oh, I didn't know that's how this worked. I thought maybe you had to, like, do something beforehand. Or I thought maybe there were some other requirements. And Phil said, no, we just open the doors. And if you want to come on a Sunday, and there are people who are eager and are waiting, but no one has explained to them, you're invited. Your name is on the list, and you're welcome to come to the table. So now the master does something radical. 
he says to him, fine, if it's not filled still, what I want you to do is I want you to go even farther out of the circle. We've already talked to the people that we always invite. And we've already invited the people who are eager to be on the list but weren't sure they were invited to the party. Now there's a third group of people that I want you to go find. I want you to go outside of the edges of the city. And I want you to go into the highways and into the hedges. I want you to go as far as you can see. And I want you to go into the places you don't normally go into. And I want you to compel them to come to my banquet. I want you to compel them to come and be part of it. This third group of people is not casual with their invitation like the first group, but they're also not easy with their invitation like the second group. This third group of people had no idea that a party was even happening. They didn't even know that a table had been set. They didn't know there was a banquet that they hadn't been invited to because they are living out on the edges and they are living out in the highways and they are living out behind hedges, it indicates to us that they are not part of the normal structure of the society of the day. It indicates to us that they are surviving on the very edges and, sh- and rims of society. It indicates to us that they are those who are least desirable to be around because they have taken their living all the way out on the edge. And he says to them, it's important to me that my banquet is full. I've put a lot of time into preparing this table and I put a lot of effort into everything that I've prepared on it and I put a lot of heart into making sure that it's set just the way that I wanted it to be set and I don't want to go out to my banquet and find that it's just halfway filled and I don't want to go out to my banquet and find out that it's just three quarters of the way filled so go all the way out to the hedges and tell the people who don't even know there's a banquet going on there's a banquet that's coming and I want you to come to it there's a banquet that's happening and you've been invited to come into this place there's a table that's been set and there's a seat just for you we've added your name to the list because we here's the thing it must have taken the servant a little bit of extra groundwork because with the people in the city he just had to go and say to them hey we've added your name to the list do you want to come to the banquet with the people in the highways and in the hedges, he had to step back a step and say, so I'm the servant of this master. He's a really good guy. He's been a good master to me. He prepared a table. He prepared this really great banquet. And it's amazing, you should see it. You should see the way he set the table and you should see all of the food that he's put on the table. And and I've seen the way he prepares tables. He puts so much love into it and so much care into it. And he likes to have parties and he likes it to be really full and he likes it to be excited. And he told me to come find you. I don't even know if you know my master. I don't know if you've ever heard of him. But he told me to make sure that I come find you and let you know that there's still more room left in his banquet. He wanted you to know that the the doors haven't been shut yet. He wanted you to know that it's not full yet. He wanted you to know that there's still more space at the table. And he sent me here to ensure that you come to the table. It's going to take a step back for some of the people that were called to reach. 
Sometimes we run in assuming that everyone knows what we know already. Assuming that everyone's experienced what we've experienced already. Assuming that anyone even knows what a banquet table would look like and why they would want to be part of it. But this servant, I'm assuming, had to take a couple steps back. But his master gave him an order before he left. He said, don't invite them easily. Don't just say, hey, if you'd like to come, that would be great. He said, stick with them and compel them to come and to sit at my table. Compel them that there is a seat for them. Compel them that there is a place for them. Compel them that I desire for them to be there. Compel them that I sent you to come and be a part of this table. Compel them that there is a place for them. Compel them that even though they feel unworthy. And compel them that even though they feel uncalled. And compel them that even though this is a place they've never been before. And compel them that even though they don't feel deserving. And compel them that even though they've made decisions and compel them that even though their parents don't want them in their home anymore and compel them that even though they've gambled everything that they had and compel them that even though their spouse walked out on them and compel them that even though they've destroyed their relationship with their children and compel them that even though they've had an abortion and someone told them it was unforgivable that I am the ever-loving everlasting God that forgives and that can look and that loves you and that cares for you and that I have prepared a table I have prepared a great banquet and he says my desire is that it be filled this is my message for you today church it's time to level up you do so good at going and reaching those who others have overlooked you do so good at going and finding the blind and the lame and the beggars and saying, hey, we want you at the table as well. But I feel impressed and I feel burdened that there are those who don't even know what they're searching for yet, but they are searching in the highways and in the hedges. They are searching on the edges and they are looking in things that are not the things of God, but it's because their heart is aching and longing for something and they don't know what it is so they rub some crystals together and they don't know what it is so they light some sage and they're not sure what it is so they pray to an idol somewhere and they don't know what it is but they're digging and they're searching and my Bible says that those who seek will find him to the one who asks an answer will come to the one who's knocking the door will be opened but it needs a servant who's willing to go out of their place of comfortability who's willing to go out from the place places they've been before and say I'm going all the way to the highway I'm going all the way to the hedges I'm going all the way to the place where those who are seeking are searching and I came because my master sent me on a mission and he told me don't come back until I convince you to come don't come back until I fill your seat at the table I'm here the way I got to that dinner is because I was with someone else who got a phone call and said, hey, there's a dinner and he's invited some people to come. And they said, well, I'm here with Meredith and some of the crew from Cornerstone. And they said, oh yeah, bring them too. And I said back to them, I don't think you understood. Explain to them who is here. I'm sure they didn't intend to invite me to that dinner. And he said to me, no, no. I was very clear, they understand. You 
are invited to the dinner. We need some people of God who are persistent, who say, no, no, I've spoken to him. I've talked to him. I know exactly who you are. And he knows who you are even more than I know who you are. And he told me still to invite you to come and sit at his table. He told me to come and to find you still because when he prepared the banquet, he desired that his table would be filled, all the way filled. And I'm telling you, church, we cannot stop until we go to every highway and to every hedge and we break down every barrier and every wall that is preventing people from seeing Jesus and encountering Jesus and coming to the place of Jesus. And we compel them to come. We compel them to come and see him. We compel them that he's prepared a table for them in the midst of their enemies, in the midst of the darkness, in the midst of their poor decisions, in the midst of their family's brokenness, in the midst of generational curses, in the midst of their lonely season, in the midst of their hurting, in the midst of their heartache, in the midst of finding themselves in dirt and in pit, in the midst of finding themselves locked up, in the midst of the moment where they walked out on the dream that God gave them in the midst of every single moment. He is the God who came for them. And he's saying, I'm compelling you to come and to be part of this table. For someone today, I want you to hear the message that your name is on his list. He wrote your name on his list and he said, I've invited you to come and to sit at my table. I've invited you to come and be part of what's happening. Don't be like the people who made excuses for it and don't be like the people who turned and looked the other way. Don't be like those who came up with distractions and reasons why they couldn't come sit at his table. He says, I have put your name on my list and I desire that my banquet and my table would be all the way filled the end of the book of Matthew, Matthew's talking to, Jesus is talking his, to his disciples, and Matthew records these words that Jesus says to them, many are called, but few are chosen. Many scholars and Bible teachers have come to believe that an appropriate interpretation for that scripture is that Jesus sent his call out to everyone. He sent his call out to those you assume would be invited. And then he sent his call out to the broken and the hurting. And then he sent his call out to those who have been forgotten and those that no one else is thinking about. And those who are chosen are those who respond to his call. The qualification for sitting at the table is showing up. It's saying, I heard that my name was on the list and I desired to come and to sit. I desired to respond to the call. And for someone today, I came to be that one who gets to announce to you that your name is on the list. 
but the next part is on you of whether or not you'll choose to respond and be one of those who sits at his table.